I think there's a beautiful question you can ask yourself if, you know, we all go through struggles. We all go through moments in life where we don't know anymore what to do or how do we get out of here. But I learned to ask myself a lesson. Every time I find myself in a space where I don't know any further and I ask myself this, how is this perfect for me right now? How is this perfect for me right now? There is something within what we go through that is perfect, that is there to help us to step up. It's there to help us to reignite that inner fire and to look past the story that we tell ourselves on to why things are happening to us and so on. What if it was happening for us? What if it was happening for us? And what if instead of I have to do this and I have to do that and it's so overwhelming, what if we change that with I get to do this? There's many people, there's 150,000 people a, a day that do not wake up. But you did. I did. James does. Right? And all of a sudden the question, why is this perfect for me right now? Ask yourself that, that question. Don't be a victim because you are not a victim. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You're not needing fixing. All you need is a better question. Why is this perfect? What can I do? What is really that I want? Rather than focusing on all the things you don't want, I don't want to be anxious. I want to be this. I want to be that. Focus on the things that you really want. What are those? Grab a all pen and paper and write those down. What is it really that I want in my life? And why is this perfect? How is what is going on now going to ignite my inner fire and get me to go after what it is that I want in my life for myself, for my loved ones, and inspiring all the people that then eventually come onto your path? The only way you can do that is by stepping up. So instead of a victim, become a victor, because that was your born to be, a victor. And so why is this perfect for you right now? I think this is the question I want to leave you with today. It has helped me, my clients, my wife, when she was diagnosed with cancer many, many, many times. Why is this perfect? What can I do out of this? Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so... This podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in and welcome here again for the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. I'm Dr. James Perdue. Professor Perseverance and have we got to tell you today. And before we get started, I, uh, for the people, which when you get the podcast, you're not going to know this, but, uh, you know, we did shut down for about two months uh, because my mother got uh, deathly sick and ill, 82 years old. And because of uh, God and all your prayers and everything, she has thrived. She has thumped through this and she is home and healthy and everything. 82 years old and pneumonia just doesn't seem to go well. But thank you for all your prayers and our thoughts. And uh, getting her good through this, uh, you know, God is good and God is everything. And so we're thankful he's given us a little bit more time with her. So now with that getting on, let's get to the main business here. Man, our topic is we're always talking about how we overcome adversities. Our guest today, he said after being abandoned uh, at the age of eight months of age, abandonment. Can you imagine that? He was sexually abused, 
walked in on his wife cheating. He landed in prison and eventually was walking the streets eating out of trash cans. He had enough of enough of this anger, resentment, guilt, and fear in the inside to tear the world apart. That's how much time, uh, he, anger he had. But he only stood it to understand that he was only tearing his world apart, not necessarily the whole world. He had books of excuses of why things shouldn't be going the way it was, that he was even into the blame game until 2010. He was actually staring at a rope in his garage, willing to give it all up then. Thankfully, he didn't. And thankfully, he's on the show today. And he is a life artist, someone who believes that his mess can be turned into a powerful message to for the world to see and for everyone to recognize realize that in the artist world, you can use your experience to put a technical color rather than live in black and white. Welcome to the show. See how good I get this. What's D'Angeli. James, thank you so much, man. I, I honestly, I was looking around. Who is he talking about? Who is this guy talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like um, I'm super honored to be here. I am glad to hear about your mom. I remember you, us exchanging messages and you mentioning about your mom, and I totally feel you. And uh, I'm glad to hear she's great and in great spirit and healthy. And um, man, I'm honored to be here. With you well, today. I appreciate you, and I got about 23 podcasts this month because everybody was so thankful and blessed that they understood what's going on. And I asked them that I'm going to, you know, shut down for two months to concentrate with her, and everybody signed up for May and June, and so we've got a lot of episodes to get out to everybody, and so it's it's a blessing in itself and everything. And again, appreciate that you being patient as well and help persevere through all this with us absolutely absolutely i mean you know what better teacher than our mothers you know to show us the way and to show us resilience and to show us how they get back up you know with in that age and frail and you know hit by an illness and and, and yet you know that spirit that that warrior spirit that they grew up with you know shows us yet again how it's done so i, I hope i hope crazy. everyone Hope everyone can say this, what I'm going to say here, that uh, my mother is the strongest woman that I know. And I hope everybody can say that about their own mother. If not, at least maybe their spouse, sister, you know, somebody they can really say that is the strongest person of the, maybe not strongest person, but the strongest woman that I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. uh, Well, again, appreciate you being on here. And uh, man, I'm all about this. I'm sorry you were staring at the rope in the garage and contemplating the uh, end of all, but I'm glad you was able to wake yourself up and not do that. And here you have a great message to share of other people that's been, I mean, I've, I've attempted suicide three times in three days. That's how yeah. bad I wanted out. And someone found me uh, sucking in carbon monoxide out of my van and got me to the hospital. And I was in a hyperbaric chamber for, uh, four hours forcing the oxygen into my body. I was in the hospital seven weeks. So I, I hope no one ever gets that down and that that I did. And thankfully, you know, going through see a psychologist and stuff that uh, have realized that God still has a plan for me. You know, he didn't uh, he did take me three days and three three times and three attempts in three days, and I'm still here. So apparently, I haven't fulfilled my purpose yet. 
And so I'm hoping that what we're doing here with this podcast is part of the purpose. So. Absolutely. I, I call that now, well, not at the time, but now I call it success tax. You know, it's success tax is that they, nothing comes for free, right, James? Nothing comes yeah, for free. Yes. For, for you to be here today and inspiring your audience, inspiring people from all around the world, you had to go through something, right? You had to go through a place where you're not, re- you know, it's so easy. Everybody wants to read books and tell you a story that is written in a book. You can't teach this. You can't inspire from a book. You have to experience that, even though it's it's a tragedy with a lot of people like yourself, like myself, like many others go through, yet those people who then get back up and find that strength, find that purpose, find that guidance, find the help, those people are impacting the world in, in, in an incredible way today, which I believe the world is so much in need of inspiration and guidance and leadership and inner strength and faith and trust. So I agree with you a thousand percent. There's a, a bunch of junk out there that people were paying too much attention to and st- instead of something that's going to get them fired up and inspired, motivated to, to keep going in life. So, all right, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, you, you, you jump in where you think we should be and I'll sit back and listen and we'll come up with a few questions. Well, I, uh, I'm going to go quickly through this story yet. You know, you really, you really explained a lot uh, through the intro, which was amazing. My story literally started at eight months old. You know, I was given away by my parents, which created a story that I told myself for all my life, but nonetheless, they gave me two foster parents. I had three foster parents from age eight months old until 11 years old at 11. I was. Um, reunited with my family. My family wanted me back home. So I came home and I didn't know who they were, right? I, I grew up with three different families, yeah. trying to adapt with three different parents, three different set of, you know, um, kids that were in the homes and me trying to fit in everywhere. And I didn't know who I was. And um, I, I know that, you know, I always try to, get myself to be loved, right? That was my purpose. How do I get myself to be loved and not to be given away yet again, right? So I'm, I'm in this family with other kids and I become, you know, they, everything was yes. Do you want to do this? Yes, yes, yes. So I became a people pleaser from a very young age. So much so that when I came home or when I sporadically would see my parents, they would always bring me a gift, you know, they always bring a gift. And um, what that did to me, I thought that to get love, you got to have a gift, right? And so in my younger years until in my 40s, I used to bring gifts to get love. So not only did I people please everybody, but I was buying everybody because I believed, okay, well, if I give you this, then you're going you're gonna to give me a return. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to perhaps love me, but that obviously didn't go well. And when I went home, when I was 11, I didn't know what my parents were. I didn't have a father figure. My father was, you know, he was a good man and everything like that, but he wasn't present. You know, I didn't see him. I would love to have seen him, you know, as someone who would have guided me, but, um, 
you know, the expectations that he had for me, even though we didn't even know each other nearly, were tremendous. So much so that instead of actually trying to fulfill those expectations that I felt at the time I couldn't, I just did the complete opposite. And so instead of getting the love that I craved from him, at least I get some connection. The connection came in in the way of arguing and, you know, sometimes violence and so on and so forth. So for me, the understanding of the world was very skewed because nothing was making sense and yet I didn't know how to function. Eventually I grew older and I moved out from home and I, I met this woman and eventually we got married. Yet I didn't know how to be a man. I didn't know how to be a husband. And so going through my repertoire of people that were around me, one of those being my father, my father was very jealous and very possessive with my mother. And so guess what I became? Well, if he's like that, probably I got to be that too. Maybe that's going to connect us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there was a way for me that, well, if I do that, he's going to see me finally. And perhaps because we have something in common, we're going to be getting along. Yet it didn't work because I awakened within him the understanding of what he was doing, which he didn't like. And obviously I lost my marriage due to that in very, very, very quickly. Um, from there. Now with your, with your dad, make this question with your dad. Was he not present because he was working all the time and trying, and he felt that his job was to bring the money home to pay the bills and put food on the table. And that right. was his present. That's what he felt. Is Absolutely. that what it was? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. For him, I mean, look, my father was a good dad. He was a good father. He was a good man. He was very honest. Yes, he had some issues with jealousy and possessiveness and all that kind of stuff, which I never really, you know, agreed upon. And 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 it was, um, you know, it was a very toxic thing. But other than that, he was a good man, right? Mm -hmm. But they left, you know, they. I grew up in Switzerland. I'm Italian. But I grew up in Switzerland because my parents migrated after the war to Switzerland to make a bunch of money. You know, in Switzerland, there was work. And so they developed, they devoted themselves in so much work that they were barely home. They were barely present. And obviously, that was the reason why I was given away. They didn't give me away because they didn't love me. They gave me away because they had a bigger picture. They thought, well, if we do that and we get ourselves to do some work and make some money, we could buy ourselves a home. So they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they had a good picture, but for yeah. me, obviously you can imagine I'm a little boy. Um, it felt like they didn't love me. And so I kept yeah. that story, which is something that most people do, right? They get a story from little or for, from some time that something tragic happened. And then they rehearse that story over and over and over and over, and it, it impacts their life, which definitely yeah. did with me too, right? Yeah. Um, I went through sexual abuse when I was younger as well. I was 11. My, my cousin abused of me, and, and that was another thing that was carrying with me. You know, I always thought, well, how can I be a man if I can't even defend myself, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, through my journey of healing and, and all of that, I realized where I was responsible and where I wasn't responsible in my life. And I understood that at 11 years old, there's nothing I could have done. Yeah. I didn't stand it, a chance. It's, it's more of surviving than trying to, because you get into an altercation and you're the weaker one, you know, that's not going to be good. 
Absolutely. Uh, so it, it's more more surviving at that time, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, the, life goes on. I became a very, how should I say, more aggressive, you know, in my mid-20s until 30s, very aggressive, very much out there, very much involved with crazy stuff, which eventually mm -hmm. got me into prison. And it came to a time for me where I said, okay, well, I got to make a change here. I got to do something. I can't keep going like that. And so I, I, I put some money together and I decided, you know, where could I go the furthest from here? And on the, on the, on, on, on the little world map, I found that the opposite side was Australia, right? I'm like, the furthest away. Let me go mm -hmm. on the other side of the globe. I'm going to start all over again. I'm going to leave everything behind and I'm going to go, which I did. And I did, and it was amazing. James, it was the first year I was in a, in Australia was incredible. It was like uh -huh. living the dream. I didn't have anxiety anymore. I didn't feel like nobody was chasing me anymore. There was nobody I needed to worry about. You're I could leaving, just live my life, right? Yeah, you're li leaving the old baggage behind. And Beautiful. like you said, starting it all over. Oh, and yeah. I remember I was living in a home where – the backyard of the home was giving on a was was looking onto a golf course, and it was exactly on the green of of, the, of this go of one of the holes, right? I think it was hole number five. I think it was mm -hmm. uh, one, two, four, four, right? So anyway, eleven o'clock at night. It's a beautiful summer night, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside, and I walk out of my backyard and walk onto this green. And I go exactly where the hole is, and there's a flag, and th there is a beautiful moon. Everything was perfect. And I lay down on the grass. My head is, is hitting the, the flag, and I'm looking up, and there is the flag above me. There's yeah. a moon above me. It's a beautiful summer night. I'm like, God, I finally made it. I got away from everything. I finally made it. And that's about a year just a, sh a little short of a year of being in Australia. And all of a sudden, James, you know how it is when you go, when you go to, to a restaurant, you have a meal, you have a beautiful meal with your wife, friends and everything, and you're done. Everybody has eaten and drink and they had dessert and good chat and everything. And what happened at the end? What happened at the end? We get the check, right? And mm -hmm. here's the check, and I got to pay up. That's exactly what happened to me about a year after I left uh, Europe. I got the bill, and the bill said, pay up. Pay up. I thought I left everything behind. I thought I'm on the other side of the world. Nothing's going to happen to me. And then life came and said, you pay up. Nothing mm -hmm. comes for free. You got to pay the, all of the things from the past that you ain't going to go away. And eventually I read a book by Seneca on the shortness of life. And one of, this, of the parts in that book says, no matter under what sky you travel to, you always travel with yourself. And I wish I would read that book way earlier. Yes, but yes. that happened for the next 10 years of my life. I went through absolute hell. What I went through in Europe was nothing. It was like a walk in the park of what I went through my first seven, eight, nine years in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Everything just came to me and to the point where in 2010, I was in my garage after having contemplated a few times, there is my rope and I'm ready to go.
And that was the moment I realized, well, hang on a second. There's something not right here. Because at the moment I got up, I was sitting on, on the floor, looking at the rope, waiting for the best time to, to jump off that stool and everything that mm-hmm. I had set up. And the moment I got up to go there, I turned around and behind me there was a window. And the window was looking into my the back of my house, which was the lounge room, and my wife was watching TV. And at the moment I'm kind of doing this internal farewell, she burst out in this incredible laugh that is in, in like, like an hysterical laughter. She was watching some TV and yeah. whatever. And, you know, she, she, she laughed very, very strictly. And there was a moment where something clicked in within me and there was a question that popped up and said, there has to be more to life than misery. It has to be more to life than misery because I am about to end my life. She's having the best time of of her life. What's going on here? And that was, James, the time where everything started to, well, I guess I I went on a journey, right? Mm -hmm. I had tried psychology. I tried therapy. I had tried medication and nothing worked for me. It was just, just nothing worked. So I went to, I went to look for a coach. And I went to an event and eventually from there, I got a coach and this lady was amazing. Absolutely incredible. And in a matter of, I don't know, short than a year, uh, my business is thriving. I'm making seven figures in my business. I'm, I'm, I got more money than I can spend. I'm feeling incredible I'm with my wife. We're good. We're traveling. We're doing things. Everything is great. Yet, about a year and a half in, all of a sudden, something switched again and my anxiety came up again. My uh-huh. turmoil, as you know how that feels, it was just tearing everything away. It was tearing my business away, my relationship away. Everything was just collapsing again. And I remember going to my coach and said, Sarah, you, you have to help me. The, 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 something isn't right. I have money. I have everything. I... There is something that is not right. You got to help me with this. And so she's trying to help me do this, try this, try that. And eventually I realized that the outer approach is only a band-aid. It's just a band-aid. It just does not get you to heal properly. It gets mm-hmm. you to go for the next shiny object. It gets you to numb the feeling. It gets you to learn and not a freaking uh, coping strategy and all that. And I was honestly sick with that. And at the end of the day, she couldn't do anything. And I said, well, I have to go. For me, it was clear. I needed to go and look for something different. It had to be different because I couldn't live my life the way it was. And so on an afternoon, I was going to work and I had panic attacks and all of that cra- crap came back and it was terrible. And on a, on my way to work, to a meeting I was going, I heard a podcast. And on that podcast, the gentleman was talking about uh, a trip he made to the jungle in Peru. And he was talking about shamanism and he was talking about, you know, ancient practices and all of that. And, you know, James, when you here's something, even though you might have never heard about it. And all of a sudden it's like, God, man, this is me. This mm-hmm. is, this, this is talking to me. Right. And so that's when my, my journey really went deep into this more of a spiritual approach, but really getting to know who I really was. And so 
I traveled up and back and forth from Peru, going to the jungle, going and work with these shamans and learning so much about um, myself and diving into the, you know, the pain and the causes and understanding everything. And that's when everything really came together and my business thrived, but I was home. I was yeah. finally was home. I knew who I was. I knew what I was here to do. And the pain never came back. And it literally, literally since now, I can say six, seven years, you know, it's it's been a bliss. It's been a bliss. And really what I understood on the journey, which is now what I do, is to heal, to get ourselves back. If we go through a challenge, if we go through anxiety, depression, if we are stuck in our life, if we are in the middle age, like we are, right? I'm 53. So we get to a point in our life where we realize, hang on a second, it has to be more to life than what it is. And I realized today that there's two journey we got to go on. The outer journey, which is going after our dreams, going after our, the things that we have put maybe away or aside because of whoever told us that we shouldn't have worried too much about it, or perhaps we, we just didn't have the courage or the strength to go after, that's one journey, the outer journey. But then there is an inner journey, the one that connects you with who you are. And all of a sudden, you know, James, I've realized today that the outer journey is not there as usual to, to fill a void, but it's actually now expressing who you are as a human being. And I believe that being one of the most beautiful things in life. When, Rather, when our when our when our when we're broken on the inside, and you mentioned this earlier, we'll go after every shiny dime we can find to fix whatever's going on with us. But if we don't take that one little shiny dime and invest it to fix ourselves, we're never going to be comfortable. Never going to be where we think we should be. We're always going to be going after the next thing to make us happy if we're not truly happy in our own self. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, and what people do, they spin their wheels for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. They just keep on going. And then you hear and they exhausted and they are depressed and anxious and, and, and overwhelmed and, and breakdowns and uh, burnouts and everything like that. When we go after something to hope that that is going to give us the happiness you're on the wrong path. You got to stop for a moment and really think: Who am I? Who is on this journey? What? Who am I? What, what do I need to heal so I can go after whatever that is? But not because it will fill the void that I have inside or the pain or numb anything, but mm -hmm. more rather it's there to express who you are and what you are standing for. So I, I believe that being a, a really, really crucial thing for people who are going through a challenge or going through mental health issues, anxiety, I'm talking, depression, I'm talking, um, you know, overwhelm, feeling stuck. Don't, don't, don't fixate on the, on the, that shiny thing and thinking, well, if I got that, I'm going to be happy because he ain't going to happen. We, I tried it. I'm sure I tried well, it. I'm sure it'll bring, it'll bring short term oh. happiness. Totally. It'll be short-term happiness until the next shiny object shows up. Absolutely. Okay? And then again, until you really fix the inner you to find that peace, yeah. you'll keep chasing uh, the wrong thing. 100%. You know, once, once, you, once you discover who your truly meaningful purpose is, 
then you know what to go after and what shiny dime to go get and leave the others behind and, and, and make life uh, better for yourself. And I'm one of them believe that we should serve as many people as we can. We can't help everybody, but there are some things we can do. You know, we, we can't do everything every time because then we'll burn ourselves out so bad, so fast. Then we're not helping nobody. Okay. I just, uh, for example, I tell people I can't mow my neighbor's yard, but cause I'm in a wheelchair, but, I could find someone that would mow it for them if they right. really need it, you know? So yeah, there's plenty of things we can do that doesn't cost us a lick to help out the next person. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, helping is, is such a beautiful thing and an honorable thing. Yet sometimes we overdo it and we want to, yep. you know, over help and give everything where we take away the lesson of the person. But also sometimes I, I have, you know, what I have, I guess, discovered or learned along the way. Sometimes we want to help someone else just because there's so much going on within us and we just don't want to see that and we don't know, look that and we don't want to address that. So we we rather see someone else's pain and we, we want to focus on them. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's like a safety raft. You know, we get with a jump off an alive. I, I can't be stuffed with this thing because it's way overwhelming. So let me be the good person and let me go and help the world, right? And yeah. you're always laughing and smiling and giving everybody, you know, some tips and whatever. And as soon as the light, you know, the light goes off and nobody's there, you're left with your own crap again. And yeah, then exactly. you feel like, man, Ex what's yeah, going exactly. on? Yeah. Exactly, so yeah. You definitely, you've definitely got to fix your inner self before you can truly help the next person. Not to 100%. say you can't help them and that may help build you to get there. Maybe, you know, it could. Uh, but again, until you solely fix yourself, you're not going to experience the whole life what's given to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the fixing part, I'm not sure if, you know, I, I usually feel that, you know, we are not broken, so we don't need to be fixed. But, you know, I feel that oftentimes when, when, when we are in pain, we try to, you know, push away that pain or, or we think, all right, let me heal this and let me just push away this stuff. You know, the things that mm -hmm. my past, let me just reject it. Let me just, this was a bad part of my life. So let, let me just get rid of this and so on and so forth. And I found, find that to be a big mistake because that is a part of you. And if we put a push away a part of ourselves, there will be a void within ourselves rather than pushing embrace every single part of ourselves the shadows and the light and that's where the life artist terminology came into mm -hmm. my own life the life artist is the one that uses everything that has given to him by life the good the bads the challenges the straightforwards and all of that and uses everything and creates this masterpiece that represents its life i always say give pain so much love to talk turn it into happiness because if we try okay. to push that away, um, we push that away, we push away a part of ourselves. And then oftentimes we get lost on our journey even to heal because parts of ourselves are missing. So we rather br bring them all in, give them love, try to understand them. And that's why also I always say you need to grow before you can heal. Oftentimes mm -hmm. people try to heal and then grow. Why I say it the other way around is if there is pain, oftentimes we don't understand the story for what it is. 
we believe we know what the story is, but the story was created in a moment where we needed to cope and we needed to create a way for ourselves to get through the moment. Oftentimes the story is not real. Matter of fact is I used to tell myself my parents gave me away because they didn't love me. And so I kept that story within me. And when I would talk to people, yeah, you know, I can't do this because my parents, I can't do this because my cousin can't do this. And all these excuses where in reality, they did not give me away because they didn't love me. They gave me away because they were poor. And so when I was born and trust me, I don't condone what they did, mm-hmm. but I understand why they did it today because they wanted to create a life that they never had for their own kids. And so they, you know, chosen to give me to a good family to look after me while they had two, three shifts a day so they can accumulate the money. Was the right decision? I don't, I don't think it was, but it is what it is. It's not, I am in no position to yeah. judge. But if I now see the story for what it is, instead of judgment, now I have compassion. And that's a completely different shift, right? All of a sudden, I can live with that, knowing that my father, my mother, they, they, we all were in pain at that time. And so rather than judging them, I want to understand them and be compassionate and just carry on. And that's, that is very important in my eyes to be able to mm-hmm. heal, you know, yeah. to, to, to change that story, to find what that story really is about. And, and I find that comes only when you grow as a person and you really you know, dive within yourself and get to understand who am I really, you know, when nobody's watching, not when Um, people are liking and all that, right? Yeah, not giving them the shiny dime to help them like you and love you. So, hey, Um, I I like what you're talking about here that, um, you know, for us to grow, it's not pushing out the pain, but what do we learn from it? We don't have to, we don't have to love what we go through. We don't have to like it, okay? But we do have to accept what we've gone through and what we've learned from it. Uh, I I believe sometimes we go through something. It's to teach us to learn to, to reteach us how strong we really are because we forget so fast. Okay. Mm. And we want to do the old poor pitiful me thing. Uh, Mm. But once we look back and see what we went through, how far we've come and grown in life, then we can be ready for the next challenge, tragedy, that comes along later because life is life and it's going to come back again to kick you in the teeth as often as possible. (laughs) Especially my friend, if we are, if you are stepping onto, onto a um, role, a leading role or a role like yourself, right. Uh, With your podcast. And I'm sure you, you are, you're helping and supporting people in other ways as well. There is a, there, that's why I call it success tax. You know, there is a thing you got to go through and trust me by God, I I don't want anybody to suffer. Yet when you listen to the stories of people like yourself, like myself, like many out there who have gone through the, 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 the tribulations, the challenges, the, the adversities, and you hear them speak today, you hear them teach or you hear them inspire people today. Again, like I said before, it does not come from a book. It comes from having lived and it's mm-hmm. on every ounce of your skin and on your soul. You went through that. And when someone talks to you, I feel like it's a language. Anxiety is a language. Depression, 
feeling lost and stuck and abandoned and, and lonely and all of that. I feel those being languages. And you can only learn those languages when you went through yourself. And all of a sudden, one day, someone will come across and will come and speak with you. And all of a sudden, by the wording and the, the, the cadence and the way they formulate sentences, you, you recognize that language because you had that yourself. Mm-hmm. And I believe God or spirit or whatever anyone believes in gives you things like that, lessons like that for you to then carry on and hopefully do something with all the lessons you have been entrusted. So, you know, it's bittersweet. Sometimes you got to go through some trials and tribulations and things that are definitely not, not beautiful and not, you know, fun at all. Yet, um, when we are today here, you and I talking, you know, I mean, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, it's 11, 1140 PM, you know, you are in the East coast, I believe. And we are two men talking about it's about 8 40 in the morning here yeah see so isn't it amazing if we would not have gone through what we went through we would never speak oh exactly and i'm Uh, I'm loving the podcast that i get to uh i I tell it nothing else your story today has motivated me for my next podcast coming across here and just in a short two hours i'll have another one but you give me enough here that i can hang on to the man i mean Y'all, y'all story just fires me up. Yours and everybody else's. Hey, uh, you mentioned about uh, success tax from going through everything. We've got a, a financial guru here where we live, and uh, he he tells people uh, that we have to pay stupid tax. And, <laughs> you know, where we've done stupid stuff out there that, of course, he's talking financially, that cost you money. Now you learn from it. Don't do it again. And so, That's right. But, he calls it stupid tax, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's absolutely. Nothing comes for free, right? That's right. Everything is out there for a reason. And yeah, and to reach and grab it, it's going to cost you something, whether it's in the good or the bad. So yeah, it's going to cost you something. So, yeah, man, it's up to I appreciate what you, do, you, right? Hey, I appreciate that you, you, you hanging out late with us and oh, uh, in Australia and, and everything. So uh, I would like to visit there one day. I don't know if I ever oh, get dude. there, but. I would love to visit. Uh, you're, you're, I've had other people from your part of the world on my podcast. Uh-huh, so, nice. uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I love you. I one time I, I was going. Uh, I said somebody shrimp on the Barbie, and they laughed at me and said, "We don't really say that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really say that." It was in one of the movies a long time ago, Crocodile Dundee or something. <laughs> so they go, "Yeah, we don't, we don't say that." I, I still struggle with the slang myself. Again, I'm from Italy, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm a foreigner foreigner here. Yeah. And so sometimes when they talk, I'm like, huh? What did they? What? You know, I don't <laughs> get it, right? And yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's it's a beautiful country. I mean, you know, it, it gave me a second and a third chance. And mm. I mean, we are thinking of going back home. We are thinking, uh, like I said before, of of air. In two weeks, we're going back. To Europe, we're gonna go and visit mom and stay there for mm-hmm. two or three months, and and then we will decide if there is a change for us uh, for its time of for a change, and perhaps we will leave Australia for Europe and being able to you know be closer to the U.S. and time zones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it will allow me to reach more people as well, and uh, and I think also you know like you just went through with your mom and my mom, you know through what is happening or what happened in the last couple of years oh, yeah, she had a yeah. big, 
big hit, you know. She ha- she's been alone for most of those years, and uh, and so I think the next stage is spend some time with mom, and um, you know have some good years. And I only reconnected with my mom five. Uh, hang on, 2015. So what's that? Seven years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to make the call and reconnect with my mom. That was that's a- another story. That's another podcast in itself. Reconnecting, <laughs> oh, yeah. reconnecting oh, yeah. like that, yeah. Mm. That, that I could see where that could be troublesome, uh, rewarding. Uh, it was again, amazing, fearful. Yeah, I could see it being all of it bunched into to a bag there. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, it, well, it I'm glad. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you just stared at the end of the rope. You didn't actually participate, and I'm glad uh, your wife at the time was laughing so hard that you was wondering what's oh, going man. on here to distract you from that uh, event. And so, uh, I mean, again, um, God put mir- little small miracles in our in our head every day. We just have to recognize it. Amen. And, and sometimes we don't recognize them. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm glad that uh, he had her laughing at there during that moment to distract you from what you were contemplating. And I'm glad, so- you're, I'm glad we got to meet and everything. So, hey, go ahead and uh, tell people uh, how they can get hold of your social media, your websites, anything like that. And, uh, yeah. Maybe if, maybe if you're into coaching, how they can get out of you. Yeah, so they can reach me on Instagram, Rodolfo DeAngeli. They reach me on um, uh, Facebook, Rodolfo DeAngeli as well, or in my group, which is Life Artist Mastery. Uh, they can um, uh, reach me on, actually, if they go on to mygratitudejournal.me, they're going to get a, a beautiful gratitude journal for free from me, which is actually a, amazing. Thousands of copies have been gone around the world and it's super simple yet very powerful and helps people who sometimes feel there's nothing to be grateful for. It actually gives you over a hundred tips on to how to find gratitude every single day. So go and get that mygratitudejournal.me. If you want to know a little bit more about what I do and my approach is now uh, I am one of Tony Robinson's leadership coaches, and also I uh, integrate shamanism or the ancient practices of spirituality within my work. And if you go to lifeartistmastery.com, you realize you can you know see a little bit of what I do, and and so on and so forth. That's pretty much where I'm at in um, on the online space. Yeah, awesome. Tony Robbins can't go wrong with him, that's for sure. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and we'll get these links and we'll put into the show notes to make it easier for people to can, uh, click on and just go straight to it. So Absolutely. from there, appreciate all right. Uh, no, no, I appreciate you sharing your time with us. And so, all right. Uh, so if you don't mind, we know that there's people hurting and struggling. And if you can leave us with one powerful message that could help them get through today, man, you're going to leave us with a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I think there's a beautiful question you can ask yourself if, you know, we all go through struggles. We all go through moments in life where we don't know anymore what to do or how do we get out of here. But I learned to ask myself a lesson. Every time I find myself in a space where I don't know any further and I ask myself this, how is this perfect for me right now? How is this perfect for me right now? There is something within what we go through that is perfect, that is there to help us to step up. It's there to help us to reignite that inner fire and to look past the story that we tell ourselves on to why things are happening to us and so on. What if it was happening for us? 
what if it was happening for us? And what if instead of I have to do this and I have to do that and it's so overwhelming, what if we change that with I get to do this? There's many people, there's 150,000 people a, a day that do not wake up. But you did. I did. James does. Right? And all of a sudden, the question, why is this perfect for me right now? Ask yourself that, that question. Don't be a victim because you are not a victim. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. You're not needing fixing. All you need is a better question. Why is this perfect? What can I do? What is really that I want? Rather than focusing on all the things you don't want, I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be this. I want to be that. Focus on the things that you really want. What are those? Grab a old pen and paper and write those down. What is it really that I want in my life? And why is this perfect? How is what is going on now going to ignite my inner fire and get me to go after what it is that I want in my life for myself, for my loved ones, and inspiring all the people that then eventually come onto your path? The only way you can do that is by stepping up. So instead of a victim, become a victor because that was you born to be a victor and so why is this perfect for you right now i think this is the question i want to leave you with today it has helped me my clients my wife when she was diagnosed with cancer many 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 times why is this perfect what can i do out of this amen uh, and the one thing that uh, i want to know why this is perfect made that i want to grow up and be like you man so you you uh you have lit a fire under me today and everything. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, we're going to help other people in the future. You know, they say this stuff is once it's on the internet, it's there forever. So who knows what to be called in a hundred years from now, someone's going to find this message and they're going to think that we thank us for getting together and doing this. And so I appreciate you being here. Everyone else. Hey, you know, someone is hurting, you know, someone is chasing a shiny object and there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's not fulfilling and not fixing the what's inside, making them better and growing and learning from everything, then pass this message on to them. Pass this podcast on so they can learn this journey as well. Hey, I'm Dr. James Purdue, the professor of perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Purdue, Professor of Perseverance.